Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, Provoke's EMEA editor, and I'm joined just outside a very cold but blue-skied London today by Gavin Davis, the CEO of a new reputation and communications advisory agency called Nepean. Um, Gavin spent seven years as an MD and partner at Bell Pottinger, leaving in 2016 to join Sky as director of corporate comms and campaigns, where he was responsible for communicating the £30 billion sale to Comcast. He'd previously been director of financial specialist Pelham, uh, which was bought by Bell Pot in 2009 and became Pelham Bell Pottinger and set up Nepean in July 2019. So uh, 18 months in. Gavin, welcome to the Provoke podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Lovely to have you here. First of all, how are you doing personally in lockdown? How's it going for you? Look, I think actually, you know, we're we're very fortunate in terms of um, I've got a young family, so I, I'm not having to have the uh, the challenge of homeschooling. Which, um, having spoken to people over the last couple of weeks, I think for those that have that homeschooling challenge, are finding that that obviously much harder and balancing that with work. So, so in that way, very fortunate. Health wise, we're all we're all okay, um, and. Um, you know, really, you know, business has been good as well. So, so we, I, I do, I, I say to my wife almost every day, you know, we're, we're actually very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, we also moved out of London just before Christmas. So I think that's made this third lockdown, which um, uh, everyone's probably feeling um, is harder than the first. It's perhaps made it a little bit easier for us, given we're, um, we're out of London and got a little bit more space. Yeah, it's all about the gratitude, isn't it, at the moment for what, what it is, is, is okay. It is. It is. It's interesting. I'm you know, just speaking to people. I think everyone, you know, this one's just been harder for people. We've come into into a new year and rather than starting afresh, someone someone described it to me the other day, uh, it's felt like Q5 rather than rather than Q1 in terms of the year rolling over from the last and um clearly the cold and wet weather doesn't 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 help. But anyway, we're we're you know, January's now behind us. With every day, we're getting closer to, to hopefully some sort of return to normality, and that's um, that's what uh, I keep on reminding myself and the team that uh, with each day, we're 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 almost there. Oh, I do hope you're right. Q five is great, though. I'm totally nicking that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels. Tell me about Nepean. Um, where's the name come from, for starters? So Nepean um, is, as you can tell from probably my my um, my accent, is uh, there's an Australian connection there, and um, Nepean is um, um, named after Point Nepean, which is a which is a, the tip of the peninsula just outside of Melbourne, which is where I came from and and where my family still is. Um, and um, uh, Point Nepean is one of the most beautiful parts, I think, of Australia. Um, it is um, ocean on one side and bay on the other. So you have a, a, a rough and a calm, um, which I think uh, reflects uh, how we support our clients through those sorts of those sorts of situations. And it just had a nice nod to um, a nice nod to to where I came from, and also a, a UK link because um, like much of much of Australia, it's it's named after um, 
uh, named after a, um, a UK person, um, and um, um, and the PN actually is uh, someone down in Cornwall actually. So it's got a bit of both Australia and UK, which reflects my uh, dual um, my dual citizenship. That sounds lovely. If I ever get to Australia again, I will I will make a point of visiting. Do please do. It's a beautiful um, part of the world. Why did you set up the firm? What and what makes you different? Um. You know, my career, as you as you as you outlined, has has covered um, the majority of it. Actually, has been on the advisory side. Um, and um, when I was when I was looking to um, when I was thinking about leaving Bell Pottinger, I actually looked at um, yeah, you know, I looked at a number of different options. And and it's in an interesting story actually in terms of Sky. It shows the in terms of the the power of committing things to paper. But I sat down and I thought about. Yeah, what's what's my criteria if I'm going to leave Bell Pottinger? Where, what's 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 important for me for, for my next role? And and I looked at it and I thought, you know, in-house presents a fantastic opportunity to develop my skill set and understand what it's like working in a complex organization. Um, and um, with providing optionality, my career would either continue off in-house or it would, if I came back to be on the advisory side, it would make me a much better advisor having, having experienced that. And when I wrote down my criteria at you know, fast pace, um, a brand and a business I could really get behind and get into, um, uh, good people, um, um, you know, taking communication seriously and needing communication support. I wrote all these criteria down for me. Um, and then I said, what fits that? You know, what, what, what's out there, the businesses that fit that criteria? And I wrote Sky at the top of the list um, and then stuck that in the drawer and, um, and, and, then, um, and then got a phone call um, uh, some months later from, from, a, uh, from a headhunter saying, we've got this role you might be interested in. Um, they ran through the role. I said, it sounds fantastic. Um, and I said, where is it? And they said, it's at Sky. I said, you're not going to believe this. I've, I've, I've got the piece of paper where this is where this is written down. And when I had my first, I had my first interview with Jeremy Darrick, I, I told him that story, and I said, this is not just a, a line for an interview. Um, and he said he did, had done the same thing when he had uh, he had left to go on to go, go to Sky. So, so I had this fantastic Sky experience that met all of my, um, you know, met, met all of my objectives, high performing culture, and um, and as you said, overlaid with the the excitement of the. Um, um, the sale to Comcast. But as I, as I looked at my experience in-house as well as my advisory experience, I, I, I said, put all that together and, 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 and reflecting on it all, I, I just thought um, there's a really good opportunity to take that experience and put it into a new agency um, and um, um, do something that, that I think is, is hopefully um, is, a, is, a little bit, is a little bit different. And, and the things that really interest me from, from all of that experience I, I had was, was a real focus on people, number one, and, um, and I can come back to that because I think COVID has only accelerated um, or, or reinforced my thoughts um, around that, but very much around, around people and putting people first. Um, you know, a lot of people say they put their clients first. Um, I actually think we put our people first. Mm. If our people are happy and doing the best work of their lives, then our clients will ultimately benefit. And I think that's a really important um, uh, point of difference. Um, I also think that, you know, again, having been on both sides of the fence, just seeing that, that you know, when you're in a large complex organisation, you, you, want, you want value, not volume. And, and that focus on, on really 
really um, great advice, helping to see around the corner, um, and 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 not the, the the sort of pages and pages of of um, what, yeah, what is just noise that had tended to, I think sometimes yeah, agencies can try to justify their existence a bit too much through, through some of those. So really a focus on value, not volume. Um, and then, and then uh, around the, you know, ch trying to change the model a little bit. So um, this is a generalization, but I think <clears throat> traditionally, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of organizations tend to have some very good senior people they have a, a, a very, very large middle part of the organization. And then smart young people coming, trying to come through the bottom that can hit a bit of a barrier. And I think that's the challenge as businesses grow over time. You tend to get this bloated middle. Mm. What we're trying to do is focus more on uh, a bit more of an hourglass shape where we have you know, senior-led advice, a narrow middle. We try and bring in, the, we want to bring in the best and smartest young people that are given perhaps given opportunity ahead of time. And if they're good enough, they rise to that, 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 that occasion. And then that funnel becomes somewhat self-fulfilling. Um, you know, people can come and learn and, and, and gain experience with us. The, the, the best come through and then others hopefully go out and, and, and can move into to other roles that um, yeah, they take the, the skills that they've learned with us and, and, and can apply them how they need to. And I think that then changes some of the, the, the dynamic of, of, of the way that the sort of work that you do and the economics of the business as well that hopefully clients will benefit from. And how is, how is business doing? It's good. You know, we've, we've, we've been going now just over 18 months and, and for three quarters of that, we've been in a global pandemic, yeah. which, um, which has been, um, um, which has been, um, you know, has brought its own challenges. You know, starting a business is, is, is always challenging, but then having that um, <clears throat> over the top um, brings its own challenges. Despite all of that, the business, is, the business continues to grow. Um, our second half of last year was up on the first half, which was great. <clears throat> we were very fortunate that when we started, I had the support of um, a number of Cornerstone clients who um, I, had, I had worked with previously. And that meant we had, we had really good momentum as we came into, as we came into um, the COVID pandemic. Um, we're also fortunate, you know, uh, to a certain extent, and, and, and you know, luck is, is also important. You know, I believe you make your own luck, but you, but you've got to you've got to make sure it's you, you take it when you can. You're aware of a size where we are, um, you know, our, our overhead is not is not so great. Um, we we our client base um, has remained strong. We haven't had um, exposure to certain sectors that that where clients have just been vaporized. So we haven't lost any revenue. We've put on revenue. <clears throat> We've been able to bring people onto the team um, in lockdown, which again has been some interesting, interesting challenges. Mm -hmm. And the sort of work that we're doing that we're really focused on is, is we, we talk about three different parts, behavior, language, and engagement, and really focusing on the behavior piece which um, sends signals to, to stakeholders about what an organization is and what they represent. And I think that, that again, that, that approach has, has only become, um, uh, the need for that approach has only become greater again because of COVID. So if I step back at it, apart from my impatience to do more and desire to continue to grow, um, I think we're in a really good position, really proud of what we've done, really proud of the team <clears throat> and what they've done through this. And and um, and confident in the offering that um, that that that's yeah there's a there's a there's a need for it or actually even greater need for it as we go through this year.
Mm, it sounds like you've got a really solid proposition scoped out there. Um, I read a piece you did in Private Equity News, not a rival publication, funnily enough. Um, uh, I was just thought, oh, gosh, he doesn't know his stuff. And also you, you talked about corporate body language. Mm. Tell me what you mean by that and how that fits into your philosophy as a business. Yeah, so so it, it goes it goes back to the behaviour point, and and uh, rather than I think a lot of people still can focus just on on you know the language. Let's just get the language right. Let's go out there and tell the story. Let's go and you know let's go and show what we're doing. And 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 I think it, it, that while that is important, you know, coming further fur, further up and 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 really thinking about behaviours. Um, and this fits into the whole whole focus on purpose that everyone's talking about. I think you know there, there's a there's that that's a pretty broad brush in terms of purpose, and we all know how important it is. But I think that can just just um, tagging things as purpose can sometimes be um, can't is not as productive as it might be. So we focus on the behaviour point, and and corporate body language is a really big part of that. So so so. What is the organisation, or what is what are the leaders of that organisation? What is their corporate body language? What are they what are they doing to show their stakeholders, whether that be internal um, um, team, whether that be potentially employees, whether that be regulators, whether that be investors, whatever that ex- that that stakeholder group is. What is the what is that 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 body language like? We all do every day in our in in our, in our lives. Um, perhaps somewhat harder now over, over over Zoom, but but we all constantly read body language. We look for these for these cues um, to 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 make a judgment on 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 a person and and how they're responding in a situation. It's exactly the same for a corporate. Um, and helping helping our clients think about it in that way um, then is what um, we, we we hope makes um, them um, um, make better decisions. And those better decisions then obviously have an impact on 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 their reputation and 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 allow them um, competitive advantage. What whether that be in terms of attracting the best talent, whether that be in terms of a you know, a smoother regulatory ride, um, ultimately winning in whichever way they want to. And what's it? What's the response when you talk to clients? Because that's kind of new new terminology to take on board, where they might not necessarily expect that sort of advice from from a comms from a comms team. Do they get it that it's about corporate behavior as well as corporate language i think i think clearly more and more the the the, the you know the, the direction of travel as we all know is 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 very much more focused on 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 um on that and again covid has only made that 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 stronger um i think you have you have different people on you know on where they are on that journey um and um um, you know, sometimes there is a bit of an education process um, for you know for buyers of our advice. Um, some some get it. Some some may still be very focused just on 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 the engagement. Um, and and to be honest, at certain and, and at different times for different situations, those might need to be turned up or turned down. Um, you know, if there is a particular issue, then clearly engagement at that point is critical. Um, and while one would hope that the behaviour is is what's grounding a lot of that. Um, there may not be the the, the, the possibility or the, the the opportunity to to have driven some of that behaviour change. Clearly, behaviour change is much much longer term. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do with our clients is 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 ideally work with them over that longer term because you know that's how one um, you know builds builds a a stronger reputation. 
Um, and um, but I think clients are receptive to that. It's also, yeah, we want to challenge. We want to challenge the way that our clients think, and we want to challenge the way that we think. <clears throat> it's one of the things that I learned at Sky was, you know, how, how can we, we you know, Sky believe in better? Um, and and it was always about how can we be doing things better. Jeremy Derrick used to say, you know, the past is a floor, not a ceiling. You know, just because we've done something before, that's great. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's great. How do we move? How do we move forward now? How do we? How do we? How do we? How do we get better? Mm. And that's what we're trying to do by thinking about corporate body language and challenge our clients to 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 think a bit differently. And of course, this isn't just reputation critical now; it's investment critical, isn't it? I saw today the FTs formed a partnership um, with investment advisory group Wilshire to kind of get back to its roots and develop new indices around environmental, social, and governance. Products and there's obviously, as you said, loads of chat about purpose and ESG. Where's all where's all that going, and what's the role in comms um, and PR in advancing that with clients, especially with these shifts in the financial markets and what investors are actually looking for? Yeah, well, I, you, absolutely. This is something that investors are now. Um, it's really picked up pace. <clears throat> You've only got to look at. Um, 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 some of the commitments that 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 large organizations are making whether that be you know from 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 oil and gas companies um, through to other newer companies that are all committing to um, to, to net zero um, I think for us here in the UK with cop 26 at the end of the year that um, the, the focus on that and the opportunity for, for organizations is 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 also um, is, is, a, is a great one to be able to step into. I think the the for, for us and for our industry, you know, we we are all in a very privileged position that that um, our clients uh, seek our advice, and and they pay for that advice, and um, yeah, there's a, there's a real responsibility that comes with that. And what really interests me is this idea of yeah, you know, we hear a lot about build back better, um, and <clears throat> it's a rather nebulous term. What does build back better mean without being being just a bit of a catchphrase but if you step back from that actually the intention behind it is is absolutely right um both from both from a sort of a push and a pull you know as 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 society we 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 want that and 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 as we come through this year into normality the the, the demands for that sort of building back better will only become become greater um, but but I think that's where that's where um, uh, as an industry we can we can really play a part with our clients of so helping them think through that what does that mean and again different businesses will have um, different ways to do that um, and uh, and and will be different parts of um, different parts of the journey on that so that could be as as for some as simple as just you know the focus on their people which has clearly happened over the last. 11 12 months has it has increased and 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 really focusing on caring about their people through to others making you know, significant commitments around um, um, around sustainability and what they're doing for the environment and I think for us in the in the communication space we can we can we can really help drive some of that because um, you know to be honest um, you know a lot of you know, corporates have got a lot of other issues on their plate they've got a lot of things to worry about. Um, but we can help keep them focused on on some of these sorts of things that that obviously have a positive impact, um, but are also uh, hopefully going to make those businesses stronger, more successful, and and ultimately all the, all the, the positive feedback loop that that creates back into society. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it does feel like um, 
corporate comms in particular is, you know, the, the focus is very much on that at the moment. And I know it's one of the areas that has proved to be pretty resilient through COVID as well, because you're, you're just such an intrinsic part of your clients' teams and as in-house professionals as well on the, on the corporate side, because there's no separating the company message from what it's doing anymore, is there? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's um, um, and and that also comes into I think with you know if you have a look at you know particularly for our business we're focused in, on um, on uh, alternative investors, so private equity, um, hedge fund, infrastructure investors. You know a lot of this private capital that's playing a, a major role in in um, in uh, all of our lives, whether we know it or not. But um, um, I think you're also seeing through deal flow that's going on that, that again, these are, these, are, these are really important factors in, in a lot of the transactions that are taking place. It's not just about check size. It's about these other, 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 other issues that perhaps traditionally were felt as a bit, a bit softer mm. um, that people are having to think about. Uh, talking about private capital, talk to me about Robinhood and GameStop. We've been, uh, I mean, this whole saga, we've been watching play out. And one of the things that, we've been talking about as an editorial team is how do you how do you handle that as corporate communicators when this kind of populism crosses over from the world of politics to the world of corporates i mean is this a is this a kind of a risk is it a risk factor how do you handle this kind of stuff because you can see this spreading to to other sectors you know like maybe pharma where where do you see the role of comms in managing these kinds of situations Mm, it's been fascinating, hasn't it? Mm. I think it's been. I think. I think we've all enjoyed watching, sort of the the armchair armchair ride on it. Um, um, and thankfully, you know, not the, some of these um, these uh, organisations who have who have who have taken huge huge financial losses as a result of it. It's it's really interesting. Again, it, I think it's it's uh, absolutely this is something that is a risk factor that 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 um, that businesses need to be. Um, need to be thinking about. I think what it what it shows is um, that you're really understanding um, audiences and really understanding stakeholders. Um, and whereas traditionally that may have been somewhat focused um, on a core group of stakeholders, the importance of really of really knowing that the, uh, as broad a set as possible. Um, and 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 being attuned to to some of that noise that might be coming, I think, you know, with with all of the things that that we do in communications, you, you want to avoid being surprised as much as possible, and mm-hmm. being able to prepare and plan for those things. And I think that that just shows the importance of, you know, research, insight, you know, really being able to dig into information. Um, now that doesn't mean to say you, you sometimes won't be blindsided, but but being able to pick up on those rumblings early, I think is 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 just going to become more important because you know, everyone is now empowered. We know we know that we've seen that from from um, for particularly for consumer brands, mm-hmm. you know that how quickly comments can can have an impact. And I think a lot of consumer brands, and again we we, you know, we were very good at this at Sky were. Have, have 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 do a great job at engaging directly with with um, with their consumers when they um, when they have an issue, um, but as also when they when when they don't have an issue, there's a dialogue there. I think for corporates and particularly in the financial space, with something like Robin Hood, clearly having a dialogue in this way is 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 somewhat different. But really understanding what's going on out there um, is important. And then 
and then I think the other part to that is it's it, this is about you know, determining materiality. So what's just noise and what's actually material to the business? You know, what is where is where is the um, where where could something like this have a have an impact and and understanding you know what those stakeholders think and and where reputation might have an impact. I think for you know, Robin Hood's a very specific example, obviously, of a of a of a short squeeze. But but for corporates more generally, if people are starting to um, you know, if you're an oil and gas company or your pharma company or something, as you've described, then 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 understanding where that is material. And then I think it goes back to the behavior point. Mm. You know, oftentimes if there is noise out there, it's there's 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 it's either grounded in some level of fact. So therefore, is there change that's required? Um, or if it's not grounded in, in fact, it's it's based on some sort of misunderstanding. And again, how can the how can how can the business look at its behaviours and the signals that it sends, and and then and then really focus on on, on um, that engagement language and engagement to to make sure that it's properly understood. Absolutely. I mean, this is all kind of big grown up stuff. What are you optimistic about um, overall about? opportunities for the communications industry as we kind of go through and hopefully out the other side at some point of the pandemic? Um, I, I am. I'm always optimistic. I'm a supreme optimist anyway. But um, um, if I um, if I look at, you know, where we are, I, I think, um, I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, we've only seen that over the last 12 months just how important you know, just communications is and stakeholder, you know, stakeholder engagement, and um, um, whether that be with employees, whether that be uh, any audience. You know, people people need reassurance. People need information to be reassured. People are looking for for leadership. Again, that's where for our industry we can we can we can play a real part. And um, I also think that, you know our industry continues to, to continues to evolve. Um, there's you know very smart people um, doing some 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 really great work in our industry, and the more that we can we can um, show that and prove that, um, which is very much what we're trying to do at Nepean is is to prove out to prove that value. Then then that hopefully lifts the caliber and the quality of the people coming into our industry and and and, and the work that we're doing. And I'm a you know, I'm a big believer in. Um, how do we get the best? You know, how do we keep getting the best young people, particularly, but also people from other, other, other with other experience and careers at different levels into our industry? But particularly, if we can just keep attracting in the very best talent, so that they're not just wanting to go and work. Maybe a while ago, it was at banks or going to work at a tech company. How can we get people coming into to our industry, particularly on the advisory side, but but who can see the value in communications? Then that's going to be good for all of us. And how do you do that? Because you know, getting the getting a you know a diverse range of people with diversity in all its facets is um is a huge challenge, as we know, for the industry. How do you get? How do we attract the very best people who might yes. not even know about you know all the kind of stuff we've been talking about that is part of the communications industry in a in a and and increasingly so. Yeah, it's something that we yeah you know, we talk a lot about at our business. We're we're really. Yeah, we we really want. I, I want to be. I want people around um, around me and around our team who have different experience, have different um, views on the world, um, mm. because that that debate and that challenge is is what produces the best the best results. Um, um, it's the same the same approach I think in terms of 
you know, I'm a big believer in just because you're the youngest person who might be on day one of the, the job, you, know, you should speak up and have an opinion because although you may not have the experience and you haven't, haven't got the, the scars to prove it, um, you've got different experiences that, that, that I don't have. And that, and that's, that's, that's important. So that's, a, that's something that we really, you know, we, we feel really strongly about in terms of getting people into our industry. I think, I think with some of the things that we've spoken about today, I think there's a bit of an education process. I think, you know, our industry is, is it's very broad in terms of, in terms of the different, um, the different disciplines, I guess, that are out there and, and getting people to understand the breadth of the breadth of that and what appeals to them. I think it's also then looking at it from the other end. And I go back to my point around our privileged position is getting people to really understand that, that they can, they can have an impact. They can really help. Um, they can really help businesses and, and in a world where particularly um, younger people coming in are very focused on that, that impact and, and purpose, getting people to understand that is, 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 is only going to be good. Is only be good for our industry. We've also got to look in different places for people. You know, it can't just be all the same sort of places where everyone, you know, looks the same and has the same education. I think, you know, we've got to, we've got to go out and, and seek people from, from, from different backgrounds and different experience. And, and I then go back to my model in terms of that, you know, getting the best young people in it's, it, it's then about giving them opportunity. Um, and again, I don't believe that, you know, um, if people come in that they are, you know, they're not allowed to talk for the first three months in a meeting or they're, you know, they're stuck in the corner just taking the notes. Mm. Um, although there's important grounding and a, and a basis that's required there, um, they need to be given opportunity. They need to be, you know, they, they need to be exposed to things and, and, um, and hopefully learn from that and, and, and develop. Um yeah inspiring stuff i do hope you're right and i do hope that we have a, a shift and that this kind of new focus on on stuff that that is important to younger people and comms being at the center of that is uh, is is going to help with all of that um gavin tell me one lockdown habit or hobby you've taken up over the past year that you're hoping to continue when we're allowed out again um um i'll, I'll probably put sort of um um, uh, my alcohol consumption to one side because that's certainly <laughs> that's certainly that has certainly increased the the quantity has has has, has increased. That's a given. Um, Don't worry. <laughs> and, 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 I, and if I put some of the exercise aside because I've, I've I've managed to keep exercising, which is good, so to balance out that consumption. I think the thing that 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 I, I, it's a habit or it's a what I've really actually enjoyed and I've been very. Um, you're really lucky, I guess, is, as I said, with, with two young daughters, you know, being able to have breakfast with them mm. every morning has been really special. And, and I probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Um, certainly not to the, to the same level, had we, had we been working normally and particularly with a new business and, and, and what have you. So that's been, that's been something that's really special. And, and when we do go back to um, uh, normality and to our office, yeah, that's something that um, although I won't be able to keep, um, for five days, it's certainly something I'm going to make sure I carve out to at least do a few days uh, a week because it's a really magic time and that's time I'll never get back. I won't be able to do that again. And um, that's, you know, it's been one lockdown positive and something I'm going to keep going. 
That's so sweet. Yeah, it's really special. It's one thing that we've been doing with the kids actually is all having lunch together and just kind of very nice. It's really, it's really nice in the middle of the day, just kind of that touch point and then disappear back off to mine are a lot older than yours, but disappear back off to their teams lessons in their rooms and we disappear off to our teams and Zoom calls in our in our offices. Yeah, it's it is special. And I will remember that's gonna be one of the silver linings of remembering this time, actually. Yeah. There's been yes. more more of those moments i mean because we're all stuck together in our houses you might as well appreciate yep. but um, it's finding it's, it's it's carving out you know carving out that time i think that's you know like, as you say for carving out lunch and and then that makes it special you can then go back recharged it's the same as said to, to the guys on our team you're know, really pushing them to go out and take exercise yeah. you know, say right go you know, go, and, go do your bike ride block it out in the diary you know those sorts of things and why shouldn't we do that when we go back to to, to, to life that's sort of normal. You know, we should, we should make sure we're blocking that time out because we all work really hard. It's important to have, have those breaks and that balance, whatever that might be, depending on your situation. Yeah, absolutely. And fresh air, when it, especially when it warms up a bit. Uh, Gavin, exactly. it's been lovely chatting to you. It's always an education. Um, uh, I liked your bit about being blindsided when we were talking about Robin Hood earlier, and it reminded me of that lyric from your fellow Aussie, Baz Luhrmann, the real troubles in <laughs> life are apt to be things that never cross your worried mind, the kind that blindside you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. I think that's a there's a comms lesson. Right exactly. There, exactly. I like that. I like um, that. Absolutely. Gavin, thank you so much for joining me. Take care out there. I'll catch up with you soon. My absolute pleasure. Nice to speak to you. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com.